Gonna do my best not to have a stroke live on the air today. Oh, no. Okay, Ron. Oh no. Crusade podcast where we talk about consoles and we talk about the crusade trebuchets my name is ej olson today joining me today is nick durheim as per usual and again hello 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 <laughs> chris gilly welcome to the show bud oh thanks i'm super excited to be back on a podcast i do not listen to <laughs> God. we're gonna change that yet yeah we'll never have you on again <laughs> Well, it's funny. It feels like it's been a long time since we talked, Chris, but you were only on an episode ago. <laughs> God, I guess so. Yeah, it was like, that was June, I think. Was it even that late? I thought it was it was even sooner, but yeah, it's... it's. Uh, that was after Last of Us, and that came out June, right? I thought it came out in April. Last of Us? No, it got delayed. Yeah, didn't it get delayed super hard? Maybe. I don't remember. This year has melted my brain. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it must have been uh, a week after release, I think, because, yeah, it was end of June. Came out June nineteenth, and now it's it's September twenty fifth, and I don't know what's happening in the world anymore. But anyway, we wanted to get here to talk about Mario, and we've all been playing the new Mario collection, and we're gonna do that a little bit later in the podcast. But I gotta start this pod by saying the last podcast I got released was so outdated at several points, on several occasions. <laughs> it was like, oh shit, we missed a really big event. Let's let's record an addendum, and then. The day we recorded the addendum, the next day, Microsoft announces their Bethesda acquisition, and it was instantly outdated. So we released a podcast that just, some of the shit we say in it just feels probably like months ago at this point. So we got to start off by talking about Microsoft's $7.5 billion acquisition of uh, ZeniMax, which which uh, is the parent company to Bethesda, among among other companies. So give me a little bit of information here. Well, it's it's definitely Microsoft just unfurling their uber schlong of money. <laughs> Nobody else in the video game business can can compete with the the kind of money that Microsoft has, except maybe Apple or Amazon. But they're hardly even in it. We'll talk about that later. But I mean, just by buying Zenimax, they got what like eight studios. They almost du- they added like another half to their uh, first party portfolio if you count all those companies as being first party which they pretty much are and so now they're up to 23 studios and they got the likes of elder scrolls fallout doom wolfenstein all the talented developers and like that work in arcane and then uh they got their first japanese studio which i thought was that was my first thought was like man they really spent seven and a half billion dollars just to finally get a japanese studio (laughs) that was like my like personal little thought get some shinji mikami action the Xbox is finally going to have more than exactly two JRPGs. Maybe no, they're not going to get JRPGs. They're going to get like weird horror games. That's what. Uh, ah, that's what was what it? Tequila Works. I think that's the name. Tango. I always get these T Studios mixed up. I think it's Tango. But yeah, they do uh, the Evil Within series, and they're making that Ghostwire Tokyo game. That's going to be a PS5 exclusive for you know six months or whatever it is. Right. But yeah, it's Microsoft is totally flexing, and it shows that they're. Uh, dedicated to making video games still they're not just like shitting out hardware because they can and working on game pass like they want to make the video games too that makes those uh, consoles and services appealing and you know sony has clearly won this generation maybe by having the cheaper console maybe by having better first party games but 
Microsoft does not want to have either of those options to be the reason next generation. So Nick, you and I have talked a lot uh, in the last four hour freaking podcast we did about Xbox, uh, Microsoft Games Pass and the whole package. But Chris, is this something is is even before the acquisition, it, was Game Pass something that appealed to you? And what does this mean for that as someone who was not a part of the Xbox family this last generation? Is this is this appealing to you? The more stuff that I learned about it, the more that information was released, and then especially after this acquisition, it, it did move the needle for me enough that I was actively looking into what would it mean to actually own one of these consoles. I, I decided not to because, I mean, frankly, I've got enough stuff to play that Games Pass is just going to languish. Um, but the whole Xbox All Access, you know, no one... No one's ever done anything like that, at least not from the, the the studio standpoint, right? Like saying, yeah, you can come get a console for $0 down, pay 25 or 35 bucks a month, depending on what model you get, and have Games Pass. And in two years, you accrue no interest, the console is yours, and then you just have to do your Games Pass subscription. Like, that is incredible, especially in the post-corona economy, a lot of the parents of, well, I mean, people our age, gamers, period, but also like parents looking to buy a new console for their kids, like they're not going to shell out. They, they don't have 500 bucks to shell out on a PlayStation 5 that they may or may not be able to get, but they could do Xbox All Access. Their kids can have Games Pass to stream. They don't have to buy them physical games. They can play Games Pass for months upon months upon months and never get through the whole catalog. Like that's, that to me felt like, felt like a body blow to Sony. And then now they've got some really killer first-party IPs. Um, like, we're not... Elder Scrolls Six is not coming to PS5. There's not a fucking chance in the world that game's coming to PS5. You know, that, there, <laughs> there has been a lot of speculation and a lot of hand-wringing. I mean, Xbox or Microsoft came out and they said that, well, we're going to honor our PS5 commitments, but after that, it'll be a game-by-game -game basis. My stance on it is that they did not just spend seven and a half billion with a B dollars to not sell their games. And if Sony sells a hundred million consoles over the next, you know, seven years, you bet your ass you're getting all those fucking games because like Nick said, they, they don't care. They have clearly diverted from Sony and they don't care about selling units and, and, creating this exclusive ecosystem. They don't care where you play it. They just want you to give them your money for their software. And the more devices that's available on, I mean, my, Minecraft is everywhere, right? So like, why would they make that a Microsoft exclusive? Is that going to sell more Xboxes? They don't give a shit. They can sell it to 10 times as many people. The more people that have an Xbox is the more likely they're going to have Game Pass because you can't get Game Pass on a PS5. So they want you to buy it on PC. They want you to buy it on uh, Xbox. And if they can sell you an Xbox, I mean, they wouldn't, if they didn't care if you bought an Xbox, they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have priced their consoles five hundred dollars and three hundred dollars. They are taking a huge loss on those systems based on the specs that they have. They wouldn't be giving them away, <laughs> literally, literally with the all access program. Like, and yeah, Chris, to your point, like with all access, like that is such an easy way to get into the system. And they've done like little experiments with the Xbox One, and I think they started even doing it with the three sixty, but it was not very widespread. And this, they're working with the major retailers. They're working with Best Buy, Walmart, Target. GameStop for as long as they exist. And I think that's a huge, uh, easy way to get people to get into their system. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah, EJ, to your point with the elder scrolls, like, uh, 
sure minecraft is, is everywhere but i don't think minecraft was ever like a system seller like if minecraft was exclusive i'm sure it just would be a smaller game it's like it's sold hundreds of millions of copies because it is everywhere because it's ubiquitous but that's never going to be the case with skyrim like literally it's on everything but it's sold maybe 30 million copies which is still like a ton yeah but it's not minecraft numbers it's, it's not, not a hundred million you know grand theft auto yeah it's not at that kind of point so i think that's like that kind of that that's the sweet spot for getting the core gamers who are the console evangelists that are the most annoying on twitter and are the worst comments on youtube you want those people to buy your console because they're the ones that defend your shit and they're the ones that say hey let's all get an xbox this generation so we can all use voice chat even though all the games are cross play and you can just play call of duty with your bros no matter where they are but it still matters you want to get the same thing that your friends get and i think pretty much every game that bethesda makes that isn't like a total trash fire is like a game that fits into the microsoft economy that they're trying to get people to play for a long time and to play with their friends i I was telling chris before the podcast i don't know enough about like fiscal implications of how microsoft is gonna make all their money back on this deal and i know they're they have their toes dipped in a million things not just games the way that like Sony is only a company anymore because of PlayStation success. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but for context, like the second largest franchise ever in Star Wars was only acquired six, seven years ago for $4 billion. And that was a shocking number. Uh, this isn't even the largest video game like studio acquisition. Uh, Tencent bought a majority stake in Supercell like six years ago for over $8 billion. And that's just a mobile game company. You know, they make Clash of Clans and Clash Royale right. and like Boom Boom Beach and stuff. <laughs> this is serving my point. So thank you for for bringing this up. Seven and a half billion dollars seems crazy to me. And I don't know enough about how how the money works. But to me, I'm like, how do you make that money back with a conventional system selling these games? And obviously Games Pass isn't conventional. But my brain just, I, I'm sure it's very possible, but like my brain can't comprehend how like, this was fiscally responsible. I understand this is a brilliant business move. This was like this took the video game world by storm. This was like what a a, a freaking cherry on top of three flawless years of acquisitions for Microsoft. And so what I'm worried about when I see this is like, yeah, I'm not worried about games being exclusive. They they need to make they need to sell games. They need to you know they need to make this money back and and make this as lucrative as possible. But like, are we gonna see more microtransactions and like weird shady EA shit? Because when you say Tencent bought that mobile company, like those games make money hand over fist because of how accessible they are and the type of in-game economies they have. And that's the kind of thing that like conventional console gamers do not want. And that is. Every year, there's a there's controversy after controversy with these companies doing shady shit, the Epics and the EAs and whatever. That kind of worries me, that when you see that large of a price tag, you're wondering, like, okay, how long before the other shoe drops? How long before Games Pass is 30 bucks a month? How long before every goddamn game we've been playing for 20 years now has insane microtransactions? And it kind of worries me. And I don't know, am I wrong to be worried about that? I understand where you're coming from, but personally, I don't think... So... You're right with the Tencent acquisition of uh, Supercell that that was, you know, that's a mobile game market. That's a mobile game economy. Clearly, they bought uh, that studio because the games they were making were making a lot of money. I think that kind of purchases a lot closer to Microsoft buying Mojang and getting Minecraft as being like, okay, we're going to buy this and then we're just going to keep making money off of it. Whereas if you're buying Bethesda and you're buying this huge portfolio of studios and IP, you're going for a more broad sort of appealing to bring people into services this is a long-term investment microsoft 
this is a drop in the bucket for expenditure for them because they have $150 billion in the bank and their company is worth $1.5 trillion. $7.5 billion is nothing. It does not matter to them. They wipe their ass with this money. This is more just saying, hey, we're dedicated to games and this is like us doubling down on video games and having a appealing uh, portfolio of studios. I don't think it's going to affect uh, either Bethesda's... Uh, I feel like even Bethesda was uh, in trouble with their previous uh, corporate ownership with ZeniMax and trying to make their video game business make more sense. And I think that's why Microsoft ended up buying them and that they were selling themselves because they were struggling to make the kind of money that made sense for who previously owned them. But for Microsoft, they make money elsewhere. I mean, they've got the kind of money to buy LinkedIn for like three, $3 billion or whatever it was. Like nobody's making money off of buying LinkedIn. Why did they buy Skype? Like nobody wants that. But Microsoft's like, we just want to have our fingers in everything. And Bethesda is sort of like an, a similar purchase in that regard, I think. I wonder, and Chris, I'll toss this to you here, but I wonder if this is like supervillain origin story, a la Disney, where it's like the beginning of this entertainment monopoly. And before you know it, Microsoft is going to own every goddamn franchise worth owning based at the rate that they're buying studios. What does the industry look like in five years because of this precedent? Am I crazy to even start to sort of extrapolate that? I don't think that's an unfounded fear. I, I think it's less that they're trying to monopolize and more that they recognize that regardless of whatever all-access services and inexpensive games pass, they have, and this is what I've been saying basically until this acquisition happened, is I still don't want to own an Xbox because their games aren't good. The games that they have that I want to play, I can play anywhere else. And so having the streaming of Games Pass, of games that I would rather play on my Switch if I can, uh, is just not appealing to me at all. And so th this is a little bit, this is a little bit of Microsoft playing Sony's game and saying, fine, fuckers, like, if you want to waive your exclusives and say, this is how we're going to keep our massive market share, which at the end of this console generation is still like an enormous disparity between Sony and Microsoft that they're going to acquire a massive tentpole franchise, and I guarantee it, and you can mock me with it if I'm wrong, Here, here's the soundbite for you. Elder Scrolls Six will not launch on Xbox uh, Series X and PS5 at the same time, if it's on PS5 at all. They're either going to time-exclusive it for a year, like Sony does with stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake, or it's not coming to them at all. And that will sell Xboxes. I will buy an Xbox to play The Elder Scrolls Six. Like, it is one of my favorite franchises, and I know I'm not alone when it comes to console gaming. Uh, and in, fi in five years, to your, to your last question, we're all going to be streaming everything. And so I think at the end of the day, it's going to be, everybody's going to have a set-top streaming box. There is not going to be what we think of as consoles anymore. The next generation is is going to be streaming services, and it's just going to matter whose games do you have, whose games do you want to play. That is interesting because we said that in 2013. That was the hot the hot button item was was chatting about this being the last console generation. But we saw that over the course of almost a decade, technology hasn't come far enough to where uh, an all streaming platform is viable. But if you mean streaming services like Games Pass, you know I still think the console is going to exist. PlayStation's still going to sell a, a PlayStation 6, even if all their games are delivered via this service that you pay monthly for. And that is, I think, it's hard to tell because in its infancy, like television streaming 
was was goddamn brilliant. It saved you a hundred plus dollars a month, and you had this seemingly infinite selection of of shit to watch. But as time has gone on and more and more companies are just getting into the streaming game, suddenly now to get everything you wanted to watch or that you did watch five or ten years ago, you're just paying for cable basically. Now, you know what I mean? So like at what point is it going to be like, all right, I'm going to be paying for every company's goddamn streaming service to play their games and suddenly now the consumer's getting screwed. This was great for a couple of years, but now it's it's the value proposition that scale is completely tipped and and there's nothing we can do about it because we let that beast feed and now it's it's out of control. So I don't know. I, I get pretty pessimistic about things. You guys know this. So I look at it and I want to get caught up in the like, holy shit, games pass. Like, look at what I can get right now. That's amazing. And I'm more just like, uh-oh, this is headed for a disaster. But I also recognize that the video game industry is different than a lot of other industries. Like Hollywood is a completely different animal. And like at the end of the day, like people are just trying to make good games. Obviously, it, it trickles down from, you know, the the CEOs and all the, the money dudes at the top. At the end of the day, like I don't, you know, I don't think there's going to be any chicanery here like Disney. I think this is probably a good thing in the long run. I hope we never lose physical media. As much as I, I do like the idea of a streaming platform that lets me download the game, I don't want to be doing none of this Google Stadia stream to my you know, set-top box shit. The whole, your games are going to be streamed to you via the internet, but they're going to be running off of a centralized server. We are so far from that, I think, especially globally, um, from that being accessible enough to people to be viable that like I don't even want to think about it. As a sucker for physical media, it scares me to think that like, we really might be headed, uh, you know, down the Spotify path here. Would this be a good opportunity to segue to the Luna? Look at you do my job for me, Chris. I'm drinking whiskey. You just you just doing it for <laughs> me. I love it. Well, well, what what you just said. I mean, I think I I think that this is potentially I think this is potentially a game changer. Um, so Luna, Amazon has announced that they are going to be doing a Stadia like streaming service. Uh, with games that you can stream from a server without the need for a console. You can do it on any of your Android devices, on any of your Fire accessible devices, your Fire TVs, your Fire 6. Not on Android yet, on uh, iPhone and Not on Android yet? Oh, so I... Not on Android yet, because they're doing a web app thing to bypass the whole problem with the iOS app store. That's right, that's right, that's right. The the collective response, I I think, from the internet so far has been a a big eye roll of, okay, well, what makes you think that you can do it any better than Google did? I have to tell you, I I have seen this service in action. And that's why I was so excited to to talk about this, because I couldn't, and I wish I could have given you guys the scoop, but I would like my brother to keep his job. Oh, we got... Inside scoop from Chris Gilly Four over here. You you had to know about this. I I did. I I wow. I saw it and and had my hands on it for uh for just a little bit. It uh, at the end of July. Are we gonna need to cut this out of the pod so that you don't get accosted by Amazon lawyers that you shouldn't have been touching this thing? You might be jeopardizing your brother's job anyway. <laughs> no 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 no. He he insured me that he has uh, friends and family uh, that he has family only. He had family only permissions that he could show okay, it to okay. us. Uh, he could not show it to my dad because he is a uh, laser safety tech for Oculus, which is a competitor oh, company. So funny wow. story during quarantine. Tell me Facebook and Amazon aren't homies. They were, <laughs> yeah. what? They were both working from home and Joey had to work in a separate room of the house from my dad because otherwise they wouldn't let him work at home because they work for competing companies. Um, so anyway, 
uh yeah he was like i can show you this destroying families literally yeah i was gonna say boy that sounded the second it came out of my mouth i regretted that (laughs) uh anyway okay so joey was using an old macbook like three four five year old macbook on home wi-fi on the back deck not even inside the house uh it booted up immediately he used an old xbox 360 controller loaded metro 2033 in i don't know approximately 30 45 seconds and was up and playing with no lag just like that and it really i think amazon's infrastructure could be better set up to do this to do what stadia wanted to do but was not able to do the fact that they have a partnership with ubisoft is significant although i'm skeptical about so the base channel for the streaming. Ubisoft plays with everybody. I mean, right, the first exactly. thing that Stadia was demoing was uh, was Assassin's Creed. That's the one that I played on my computer. Mm-hmm. Was uh, what was that one? Odyssey, I think. Yeah, mm, that sounds right. And it's uh, it's six bucks to start. It's not going to stay that cheap. There's no way in hell it's going to stay that cheap to stream. And the Ubisoft channel is going to be an additional price. You know, they're going to do it subscription style like they do you on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Oh, get the Stars add-on, get the HBO add-on, you know, get the Ubisoft channel, get the EA channel or whatever. Um, But if it works better than Stadia, I mean, like, the concept's a good concept. It just was poorly executed by Google. Um, So so that's where I'm at. So I'm curious, like, how poorly executed was Stadia? Like, there was some questionable things maybe in the marketing but like again and I, I don't mean to discredit your anecdotal experience like you might be be right but like i'm sure there are plenty of people who played stadia and said holy shit i can't believe this is this is the future but it's so dependent i mean on a case by case basis and again our infrastructure is is so far away from being able to make this a ubiquitous thing i mean years and years and years away I mean, there are parts of the country, I mean, let alone the world where, where high-speed internet is not where it needs to be for, for streaming high uh, HD video, let, let alone a video game. But, like, how far are we away from, like, being able to play a competitive game with zero or, or imperceptible lag? Like, it feels, it feels like this, is a, this could be a very cool niche thing, but is not viable to, to take off in the way that consoles have in the last couple of decades. You know what I mean? I'm I'm curious to like, like Nick, you played with Stadia, and you can kind of tell us how that how that uh, worked for you. But like, it feels like a fun thing to play with, and maybe there's a niche for it. But I I just I don't see a world where this is where our infrastructure is is good enough across the board to like make this take any sort of you know dent in the market share. So I don't know, Nick. How did how did Stadia work for you, and how does this look different personally and from my perspective? I feel like Stadia's major issues was not the the quality of the service. It's just how they monetized and how they, like you said, marketed and just the fact like they wanted to roll out. I think it would have been so much smarter if they had rolled out to everything simultaneously, but they had this weird staggered rollout where you had to buy a special version of the, got the Chrome Ultra, the Chromecast Ultra to do it on TV their controller it only worked with their controller you couldn't hook up like a bluetooth controller to the chromecast initially it only worked with the pixel phones not every android phone it doesn't work with ios at all i don't think you can even i think you can do it on a desktop now but it was a very weird staggered release you had to pay monthly for just the 4k version 
So if you had like a free version of Stadia, you could just play what you. They basically launched a Steam competitor in that regard because you still had to buy all the games. They weren't doing a, you know, pay monthly, get a Netflix of games kind of thing. And Luna's doing that as opposed to what Stadia did. So they're they're offering a similar product, but the way they're selling it to you is majorly different. And no matter what, you're still going to be uh, tethered to where, like, where you live, basically. That depends on... That gives you a different uh, experience with the the quality of the game, the quality of the service. So if you live close to an AWS uh, web server, or if you live close to an Azure server, if you're doing xCloud streaming, or if you live close to a Google whatever server station that they have all their racks filled with the video game consoles that you're playing off of, then you're going to have different experiences for all of those. Whereas people still can say, hey, I can buy a PS4 and it's going to look the same as my buddy's PS4 who lives, you know, across town. Like, it doesn't matter where you live. I think that's the major stumbling block here. And until the FCC gets their shit together, it's not going to be any better in the U.S. in the next five years because they're going to keep putting up roadblocks there. And then, yeah, it's interesting how they're doing the, you know, pay six bucks a month and then add different channels, like Chris was saying, with uh, how Amazon uh, Prime Video does that with their different channels for stars. And my mom watches, like, BritBox and, like, you know, she has her, you know, old lady channels watching Hallmark and stuff. But I think that's a smart way to do it. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. I think that's really beneficial to the user base because they can say, hey, I don't play Ubisoft games, but I like these EA games that I want to play every year. I'll get the new Madden and just play it through my streaming box. Like, I think that's more tenable than what Stadia does because why would you buy a la carte when you can just, you know, if you're the type of person who has a fast enough internet connection to play Stadia games, you probably have a, a beef and ass PC and you can just buy the games anyway. Or you can afford a console. You're paying 100 bucks a month of Comcast to get, you know, a quarter of gigabit and then 10 up. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so I think it's just a strange thing with the, the pricing and how that works out. That Who are you selling this to? Who is this for? Is this an entry-level kind of market? Because if that's the case, then they do not have a, a prosumer-grade internet. And especially with Microsoft Games Pass taking off, it, it honestly, the service doesn't seem dissimilar enough. I mean, it obviously is at its core, and something like Luna could be cheaper than still needing to invest in in hardware to play the game on. At the end of the day, like for something that you're going to play for a decade, it, it, is it worth to try and switch to something like this when you could just buy a console for two hundred bucks next year? And well, that's the thing is like this. I don't think they're trying to sell you for a long period of time if you're if they're charging for monthly like. People can generally, you know, jump in. You could you could pay six bucks and try it out for a month. Like that's not really a huge uh, stumbling block. And just the hardware for the controller, I think they're selling it for fifty bucks, and it's like seems like a decent, you know, whatever pro controller knockoff. Same with the Stadia controller. So I don't think it's like I don't think this is going to revolutionize the way video games are bought and sold and the way people play them. But I think it's an interesting competitor from a space like Amazon has not done really anything with video games besides buying Twitch, and like telling a bunch of studios that they can make video games for them and then failing to do so to the point where they put out an Overwatch knockoff that they took back into early access after selling it and stopped being able to sell it anymore. It's like back in closed beta. <laughs> Which game is that? Can't remember the name. It was like Crus- it was literally called like Crusade or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. I'm trying to think back Crucible. That's the oh, one. that's a bad name. What was Battleborn <laughs> that launched uh Yeah, that was uh, Gearbox, right? Was that an Overwatch competitor? Kinda. It was like before Overwatch, but it was similar hero shooter. I mean, there were a lot of hero shooters that are coming around that time. I think they're just trying to pick up after TF2. 
so there's like Battleborn. There was uh uh oh the other physics based one where you could like shoot backwards and like fly through space and stuff. I can't remember the name Bro, of that one. TF two is like the Mashuga of video games. Where, like TF two <laughs> never had any mainstream success. <laughs> like it was just like it was a it was a cult thing on PC. But it influenced this entire genre that completely fucking Dude, took off. It was off. not just a cold thing on PC. It was part of the orange box. That shit sold like hotcakes on 360. I never heard shit about Team Fortress in my entire life, bro. Everybody owned it because <laughs> everybody wanted to play Portal and fucking Half-Life 2 Episode 2 or whatever it was. <laughs> Half-Life Episode 2.5 Remix Edition. No, that's Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just doing a Yo, bit, Nomura's going to make Half-Life 3. Put that in your 2021 prediction. Oh, my God. That crosses everything off my list, fellas. Let's uh, let's dive into Mario. Uh, there was some Spider-Man drama, and I, I just I just don't have the energy to talk about PlayStation anymore. They've burned me this last couple weeks. They've burned me, and I think I just need a break until um, until November twelfth or so. Fair or so, depending on what Target gets my pre-order to me via the mail. So well, you, you did pre-order. I did. I did get one um, via Target, you know, and I, I tried my damnedest to get an Xbox. I really, I was going for that all access Series X, to be honest with you. My TV bit the dust in like March, started being all funky. And so we finally, finally just got a new TV and we got like a nice OLED. And it's like, it's got all the next gen video game features. So I'm just like chomping. Did you at the get that bit. HDMI 2.1, 120 hertz refresh rate. Hell yeah, oh my bro! God, we got boy. the the LG the crazy LG. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! It's like the only TV that has like all all the next gen game specs, and it, it, it's gorgeous. So I can't wait to play games on it. So I'm like, let's get the PS5, let's get the Series X, and uh, anyway, what are you gonna play on the PS5? <laughs> That's dude. I know, Chris. This is why I'm saying I'm. I got burned by them. If you listen to the last <laughs> podcast, you would know my heartbreak. Okay, <laughs> that, there's there's your first I'm, mistake. <laughs> you know, what? I fucked up because I I replayed Spider Man just like two months ago, and I'm like, damn, if oh, I would have yeah. waited, yeah, knowing there was a remaster. <laughs> but I'm gonna play the remaster anyway. And I'm gonna get burnt out on it. But Miles Morales, hell yeah! I told Nick I'm gonna become a Souls guy just because I have no other fucking games to play on launch. Like, hey man, you could you could play a Godfall. That doesn't look crazy, crazy bad. It looks fine. Hits, the, uh, it looks like a nice, mediocre, fun launch game. PlayStation Plus collection. There's a bunch of ga- there's a bunch of games that I haven't played. Honestly, it's just not enough for me to buy PS5 at launch. I'll enjoy it yeah. when I have it for sure, though. I'll, anyway, I'll play God of War keep, finally if they keep offering it. Yeah, Nick, my promise to you. And Chris, you just play God of War. Oh yeah, you just uh, you you beat it, right? No spoilers. I, I did. I did. Okay. I crushed it. God, the story was great. The characters were great, and I wish I was into the gameplay enough to keep me going. I've tried to. I've restarted that game twice, and it just. And I don't know if it was just a time and place thing for me, but I just found myself being really getting really fatigued solving dumb, not difficult puzzles, just tedious shit, and the like semi open world, but like not really. I just was. I was like, just give me the next thing. Let me just fight a boss and get a cool cutscene with the boy and move on, you know? So anyway, maybe I'll finally play it on PS5. PS5 in hands. Let's go. I'm doing yeah. the Trump hands right now, and I don't know why. Oh, maybe cool. it'll give you a solid 45 uh, frames per second in performance mode on PS5. Yeah, as opposed to the 24 frames it ran at. Cinematic. Okay. It was gorgeous. 
It ran like a blood abortion blur. Okay. I, I don't I don't awful. know what no. any of that means, but I loved that game. I, I, I don't know. I mean maybe the combat's just not just not your thing, but I I thought that it had a nice a nice depth to it. I found that at a certain point I was like, I, I have to be utilizing these different different combat modes better to be successful, and that made a huge difference. Um even if the skill tree was stupid, uh and could have been incorporated into, say, the lore markers in a way that would still keep you from getting moves too early, but would be part of the fucking world. Like, oh, father, this combat technique from Thor or some shit. And then you get the like shield parry for the projectiles instead of just going, I have a chameleon XP. Let me buy some new moves now in a way that's totally yeah. out of the world. Yeah, it was definitely like uh, some UX designers like, well, we made the the uh, the menus like Destiny. Now what? Oh, well, I guess we have to tack on a really bad skill tree. All right, ship it. <laughs> ship it. With context now, and little hindsight. Otherwise, though, it's a really good Ocarina of Time. It's a good one of those. Yeah. yeah. You don't want my hot take on Ocarina of Time, Chris. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Chris, no. Cover your ears. It's not okay. great. Yeah. The game isn't or my hot take? Well, I mean, none of your takes are great, but Ocarina of Time is not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is not a good game. Anyway. It, it is a... F- whatever. Uh anyway finally yeah we're finally transitioning to the thing mario we all picked up the mario 3d all-stars nick we talked about it on the last podcast a little bit but i made a promise to you nick that i would play mario galaxy because every time it gets brought up you're appalled that i haven't played it i think your stance is mellowed because i think at first you were very hot on like it's like the best mario game and you were like appalled that i hadn't played it but now you're like it's a very good game i never said it was the best mario game i've never held that opinion i've never said that to you once I've always said that you should play it. You should play it. I think it's a must play, but that doesn't mean that it's the best one. I think it informs a lot of decisions and a lot of uh, people's desires from Mario. And I think that's important. So let me just get my hot take out of the way here. And then we're going to dive in. We're going to, Chris, you've probably played the most of the three games in this trilogy between the three uh, of the remat or the re-releases, maybe not of the games in total, but my hot take is that there, I don't think there's, until Odyssey, I don't think there really was a really good 3D Mario game, and that's why 3D Mario games have all been so different, and they haven't really found their footing, because they are all very different and do a lot of weird things and all feel kind of janky, and I kind of understand why now, playing all of these back-to-back-to-back. That's not to say I don't enjoy some of them. Uh, Galaxy, uh, we'll get into that kind of at the end of this conversation, but I have liked Galaxy. I think it does a lot of really cool shit, and I think a modern Galaxy game would be awesome. But, like, it is only reinforced to me that Mario 64 is just a bad game. And if we were talking about this in the group chat, Chris, talking about, like, what makes a good game in 2020 is not what made a good game in in 1996 or whatever. In your opinion. Uh, this This is my podcast, motherfucker. This is your podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. Everything on here is a goddamn opinion. I don't need to qualify my fucking opinions. That's just my way of saying uh, that's not necessarily my opinion. <laughs> I do not share that stance with I'll, you. I'll just say it. He's wrong. But move on. Go ahead, EJ. <laughs> this is why we bring you on, Chris, so we can argue about this. But the conversation about like what makes a good game, and I think it's fair to look at why a game like Mario 64 is like integral to the very fabric of the way we play games today, like it was revolutionary, but does that make it good or fun? Does it hold up? Does it need to hold up? And maybe a lot of my stance on these games is reactionary because 
people talk about it. They fawn over these games, and it's like, oh, you're playing it for the first time in 2020. It's like, dude, this fucking game sucks. Chris is just masturbating violently into the camera. So, Chris, you spent a lot of time with Mario 64, especially. I'm curious to know how your opinion changed on this. But let's just break these down game by game. Mario 64, is it good? Yes. Oh! <laughs> the dramatic pause! Here's the thing. The first day that I played it, and I did not play it on the 64. Uh, I played the DS remake a little bit when it just came out. It's pretty different. It is. and Pretty I, very different. I don't even remember it, though, is the thing. And so playing the game the first day... I was like, I could not have liked it any less. Uh, I, I thought that the camera's terrible. The camera is terrible. Um, I thought the camera was terrible. I thought that it it handled like, oh man, it, it, the controls are terrible. It's floaty. The, the physics are god awful. Um, the textures are are, are better are better in this. Yes, I, I thought they could. Well, maybe floaty is not the right word, but maddeningly imprecise maybe is the word. Like the way that Mario moves. Like I'm used to, I think it's, I understand what you're saying. I think it's too precise that it follows your inputs too closely and you're used to video games now, like zhuzhing it and sort of understanding what the player's intending to do. And then doing that where Mario 64 is not smart enough to do that. It's like, Oh, you pressed up into the left slightly. So you're going to move up into the left and you're going to get mad because you wanted to go up. When I move the thumbstick the opposite direction I'm facing, I expect him to turn around not to do a 180 degree loop that sends me up a fucking <laughs> cliff all the time. Like, that yeah, doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. Yeah, it does have me. funny stuff about that. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't do it all the time, and so I never know if I'm going to, like, fall off. But so, but the second day, I went back, and I was going to play more, and I was like, for a game that I just said I never want to play again, I find myself curiously unable to stop playing it. And a couple different things kind of occurred to me that one it's not a platformer it's a -a collect-a-thon that game has almost no platforming sections like there are you're just running around and hitting enemies yeah there's whole levels where you don't even need to jump but maybe one or two times and so i hesitate to call it a, a 3d platformer um but when it works it's really remarkable. And I can see, oh, this is what they were discovering this genre could be in three dimensions. Like, I think specifically to Dire Dire Docks, uh, the, the, the sequence of collecting red coins, which is the only section in that game that I found so far in which I had free control of the camera. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Like, this works. It's fun. It's challenging. But also... A lot of the time, the game is difficult, not because it was designed to be difficult. It's difficult because it's not done well. And so is it a bad game? No. It definitely has problems, which you would expect from a game at that point. But like, it, it, is it a bad game? No. I will not say that it's a bad game. I do think it's a good game. Fair. And it's a product of, of its time, which means that holding up for a first-time player, maybe maybe not so much. I will say two things here. When I booted this game up, there is a certain charm, and this is just because of our age and the era we grew up in with video games, but there's this charm to the the low poly, smudgy textures, the even the, the way the audio is designed and uh the, the soundtrack and the way it, it sounds like 
an Ed 64 game. I don't know how to describe it. You know, I'm sure there's a there's a technical way to to describe it, but even on this re-release where it still sounds like it's coming out of my fucking CRT TV, and I got this very warm like nostalgic sort of feeling when I booted it up and you're hearing all the the sounds for the first time and I'm like, "Oh yeah, N64 era. Better days, you know." So that was that was kind of an interesting experience, but I think there are aspects to 3D platformers collectathons that are just inherently good about the genre and and some bad things. So like at the end of the day, if you can get over the controls and some of the level design and just say, all right, I'm going to go collect things. Like, if that's your jam, like, fuck yeah. Like, I like collecting things. I'm a sucker. I've been playing Mario Galaxy. I'm a sucker for 100% every t- everything. I want those fucking crowns, bro. I'm chasing crowns. I ain't talking about Fall Guys, all right? I want to fine tooth comb every part of a level. And I get off to that shit, man. So, like, I see why something like that's appealing. I just never... I don't have the nostalgia for Mario 64, so playing it just feels like an in- intense chore. I don't like it as much as I'm like, oh, it'd be great to just go collect some coins and some fucking stars. You know, to your point about the, con- the controls, I'm going to I'm gonna play it again tonight with what Nick said in mind about how, like, the controls are too precise. But I think, Chris, what you're getting at is it just you don't feel like you have very good control over your character, whether that's because its inputs are so precise that it never does what you want or be- because it's, you know not precise enough. Either way, you feel like you don't have a grasp over your character, and that's obviously a problem when you're, you know, interacting in a 3D environment like that. So I, f- I felt that really hard. Just that first section when you go into the castle for the first time, and there, there are four coins split by, uh, I can't remember if it was a staircase or just a gap in the wall, yeah. but you go upstairs, and you, you jump out over the fence onto the ledge. Bro, just trying to get onto that ledge and to get both coins. I kept falling, having to go up and around and back. Can we just talk just for a moment how cool that is as a design choice, though? That you, the first thing you do is you walk into this castle. Well, actually, no. The first thing you do, you load up the game, you can play with Mario's face. And that's I didn't just know like that. an, introdu- an introduction to hey, this is, uh, this is a 3D model. This is Mario who's making these goofy faces, and you can play with it and like stretch him around and it's making funny noises. You load up a game, you get a letter from Peach. Lakitu shows up and says, hey, this is how you run around and you're just dumped into the castle, the courtyard, and there's no music. You just hear birds chirping and it gives you like the first, like you can just walk around. You can just go and look in the water. You can try swimming. It's like, it kind of sucks because swimming in video games sucks, but eventually you get inside the castle and you see the staircase and you see coins and you're given the first opportunity to really uh, take into account that perspective matters and that you have to worry about death reception and the camera is locked in that moment, sort of like it sort of hovers behind you. It's sort of stuck in that kind of way. And to both of your points, talking about how the camera sucks, like controlling the camera is not good in this game. And they were working with C buttons instead of dual analog sticks. 3d games have never really given you the ability to control the camera ever. So it was a very novel and new thing. And a lot of the game, uh, is designed, I think, to be played as if you do not have control over the camera at all. I noticed that primarily when I was playing Bob on Battlefield and it was like running past the chain chomp and I'm trying to, you know, center the camera to be behind Mario because that's what I'm used to. And it would keep defaulting to like switching and like rotating around the corner to give you this 45 degree angle so that you can see the chain chomp where it's pegged down and you're running past it. And that would like mess me up because it was moving the camera out of my control and that was upsetting me. But from the game design, like that's what they were doing on purpose. 
and you don't have to like enjoy it. But I think that's sort of beneficial to understand and sort of come at, come at it from that way and stop trying to control the camera and just sort of like do where the camera's pointing at is sort of like where you're going to be going. Same thing happened when I was trying to cross the bridge, the little teeter totter bridge, which is like a funny little like non challenge, <laughs> but it's can be kind of annoying because you're just going to fall off the side and you're like, oh, great. Now I have to go back all the way up there. But I don't know. It's just kind of fun to just like run around and explore. And I think also Mario 64 does the most things like there's no level where you're not doing something new. It's absurd. Like you get to the, the, what was it? The, uh, the, the peak, the mountain one. And you you do a penguin race. You like, you slide down this thing. And then later you you challenge a penguin. You do a race down this, like you're just sliding. You're just holding forward and like left and right. And it's just sort of like, Hey, check it out. This is what we can do in 3d. Get these coins. Or you're flying around or you're on this magic carpet ride or you're, you're shooting cannons off of a ship and trying to like land on this special platform so that you can get the star. Like it was mostly a wildly unfocused game that just happened to have Mario in it. Well, it's because it's a tech demo for for what you could do in a 3D game. They were experimenting. And so it's yeah. it doesn't feel like a very cohesive experience, which again, I think lends to the fact that like Mar- 3D Mario games have done a lot of really weird and different things. Because I don't, I don't think they really had a clear vision for what they could do when the entire inception of of this, you know, uh, uh, part of the franchise was just to like fuck around with how you make three D games, and that sort of uh, has become, I guess, like endemic to three D Mario DNA. It's definitely a bottom up design of a video game. Like they figured out what you can do, and then they put it into a context where it was fun to do. As opposed to being like, okay, this is the story. Now let's break it down into like the things you can do. I don't know if I'll be able to get over the controls. Chris, you seem to have gotten pretty far. So do you run through that wall at some point where you're like, the controls don't matter anymore because the game's fun enough? Or is this just to satisfy some morbid curiosity you have? I think that at a certain point, the controls, I, I wouldn't say that they clicked because I don't think that it was like an, oh, I get it now. But I think it... You just adapt to it? Yeah, yeah, it it became more manageable the more time I spent with it, and so uh, I could I could bulldoze through like all six or seven. I didn't do all the hundred coin collection stars, but I could bulldoze through like six or seven stars in like sometimes a half hour in one level because these are like some of them are like forty five seconds from start of level to star, and they're all pretty straightforward. Like it was not. I think intended to be particularly difficult. So I've, I've got like 90 something stars uh, and I'm oh, up wow. on the top. I'm up on the top floor. I have like one star in rainbow cruise or whatever it's called. And I haven't really done anything in TikTok clock, but other than that, I mean, I've, I've done like everything. TikTok clock is a trip of a level. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The first time I jumped in, I, I happened to hit it correctly that nothing was moving. And then the yeah. second time I went in. <laughs> One of those in, like weird secrets that they don't tell you. Yeah. The second time I went in, it was not. And I was like, well, it's one o'clock in the morning and I ran out of patience like four stars ago. And so I think that now it's time to be done. Uh, but absolutely. That is a pure platforming level for sure. That's true. And also a weird uh, camera control level because you're in this tube. And as you go up the tube, the camera kind of stays in the center and you're just like rotating it around following you. Yeah, I had a hard time in my one attempt to get one star in that level, I I had a hard time doing anything. Uh, EJ, I'm sorry. Did you say before we started this, that no 3d Mario had really been successful at what it was doing until Odyssey? Are are you, are you going to tell me that that was successful? 
Well, Odyssey felt the most like a modern video game because it is a modern video game. And I liked Odyssey. I still, there are 12 Mario games I take over any 3D Mario game, um, unless you count 3D World as a 3D Mario game, which some people do, some people don't. It just feels like the franchise, like I said earlier, has, has just kind of remained unfocused. Everyone has done something. Sunshine to Galaxy is like, they're not even the same franchise. It's just the same character. And that's like f- fine to be, as like their spinoff. Like the 2D platformer is their bread and butter. I thought the new Super Mario Bros. Uh, games were fine. But I think it made me realize that like I just don't really like 2D Mario games that much. The new Super games never really clicked with me very much. And I know you're a lot more sensitive to like... To me, it's like it's Mario. And you play Mario World and you play new Super Mario Bros. And it's like, yeah, they're different. But at the end of the day, it's it's Mario and I'm running around doing the same thing. But they feel very different, and you've you've talked about that before, and I I totally understand. Like it just doesn't, the physics don't necessarily feel so great. That's why I love the 3D world uh, and 3D land. I, I beat both those games to completion, and both fucking just great. Like let's take all the d- design philosophy of like the good stuff about a 3D Mario game and the the good stuff about a 2D Mario game, and somehow marry it together. Brilliantly, I can't wait for that game to finally come to to Switch. But yeah, no, not to say that the games didn't do successful things. It just playing them, especially in retrospect, looking at these games, it's like okay, like it all makes sense why the games are the way they are and why they feel so unfocused and and kind of janky. Even Mario Galaxy, which is like a recent game, like feels janky. Oh my god, it's 2020. I'm getting old. Feels like the like the Wii was just fucking yesterday bro anyway back to your point chris about why i'm wrong (laughs) yeah you know which is my point always uh no i i (laughs) we don't have to unpack my general apathy towards uh mario mario odyssey but the the idea that that was the the first like really successful 3d mario platform I, i just now that i have played sunshine i cannot agree with it all and here's my like hottest interesting Here's my hottest take of the whole pod is that Sunshine is is the goat. Sunshine is the best wow. 3D Mario game, period. It is extremely well designed. It is genuinely challenging. It's the only time they have ever given me a free-floating camera in a 3D Mario game. And because they did that, they can actually push the player to be precise in their platforming, to think creatively. The addition of the Flood which while i will admit is a little bit of a safety blanket like you can fudge some jumps but you still have to know how to use it to fudge those jumps or it's not going to make a difference you fudge them you flood you brilliant bastard that was perfect <laughs> and then they give you those these challenge sections where they take the flood from you and they're like no now you just have to prove it now you really have to just use the use the jumps and those sections are hard they are genuinely very, very challenging and interestingly also kind of laid the roots for what they were going to do physics wise in Galaxy. Like some of these challenge levels with rotating three dimensional cubes that you don't really slide down for quite a while. Like your, your feet are pretty sticky in terms of keeping your center of gravity on the cube. And I'm like, holy shit, this is what's going to become Super Mario Galaxy. So Sunshine I have adored every minute I've spent with it. I've been genuinely challenged. I've loved being in the world. I think the flood control's great. Mario's jumps are great. They're they're precise. Um, it's great. I, I have I have no bad things to say about it. The levels that I haven't been able to beat yet, it's because I am not playing well enough to beat them, and that's super refreshing. 
I haven't played enough Mario Sunshine to know, but I feel like the general consensus about the game, whenever anyone talks about it, it's what I have now redubbed the uh, Death Stranding effect, where everybody's like, yeah, you know, Mario Sunshine, really good game. No, it controlled like shit, and I didn't have fun playing it, but that Mario guy's in it, really good, question mark. Like, everyone's trying to convince themselves they like the game. I, I like that you have just come out and, like, unabashedly, you're just like, this is how I feel about it, and you're very confident in that. I've never heard a take like that about that game. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. Nick, how much have you played of this game, and do you agree with Chris, or is he just spitting... Spitting crazy shit right now. Sunshine, um, not in this collection, but previously is a game that I've uh, gotten to the very end but never beaten because I never figured out how to unlock the final boss fight. That's like the only reason why I didn't beat it. Um, I think it's an uneven game. I liked it a lot. I like playing it. I think Chris is spot on when he says that it's it's probably the hardest 3D Mario game. Uh, not because the challenges are difficult, but because the way they implement the controls, it seems a little bit technically like it does not stand up to what they're going for. And just like knowing the development cycle behind that game, you can see, oh yeah, this is a little bit rushed. Like the blue coin challenges are all kind of asinine. That was kind of stapled on and it feels like it. And uh, my main uh, sort of gripe that I have with this iteration from what I've played is that uh, when you go into this uh, first person, not really, it's like an over the shoulder kind of, you click the stick in and allows you to aim freely that's locked into a uninverted uh, aiming scheme with the left stick, which is like, I want to use the right stick for one and for two, give me the option to invert it because that's the way I play video games. doesn't mean, you know, take that with however you will, but that's kind of annoying. And then um, you do, you lose a little bit of the nuance with the, uh, the way you control flood. Cause on the GameCube, you had analog triggers. So if you did a half press, you could just run around spraying water. But if you did a full press, you'd plant your feet and you'd give you the, ability to aim and stuff so they lost that so they had to sort of reconfigure that a little bit which i think ended up working out okay and it feels decent enough it's still weird doing that like burst backflip kind of move with the r and jumping wow i didn't even know that that's wild yeah there's there's a lot of really weird like tech in this game like you can't do a long jump because there's no crouching which feels really weird going but like back and forth between 64 and uh sunshine which i've been doing i've been doing Obviously, the the Dan Reichert method of playing these games, which is do three stars, move on to the next game, get three stars, move on to the next game. Oh, it's just been kind of interesting. It sort of gave me a way to <laughs> compare and contrast, and sort of get my never get too used to one game. You know, I like to keep, I like to shake it up a little bit. <laughs> I like to never be but comfortable I've, or enjoy myself. Never be comfortable. <laughs> never let your guard down. That's my one rule. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to clarify. So in the original game, the controls were inverted, and they have uninverted them and made them normal and good, but you can't reinvert them for all the weirdos out there that's what i'm saying and also they did the same thing with the mario 64 where um and originally in mario 64 you would press left on the c buttons the left c button and the camera would move to the left so it'd be facing to the right mm. but they fixed it so yeah. that it's more conventional good which that is like it's weird getting used to because i'm so used to playing mario 64 uh, in other ways but yeah that's like whatever that's not a huge deal but with actually going up and down that's a huge uh like blocking point for me personally and it's even still like weird enough that it's on the left stick <laughs> right it's it's so weird to me that they that they wouldn't have patched in a way for you to just i mean how hard is it to invert a goddamn that isn't that like a fucking line of code yeah let's check a box i would like to just be able to be like hey uh from the get-go can i just like keep the 
y-axis inverted like please yeah I mean, i'm glad that they quote unquote fixed it like i hate inverted controls it's i don't understand it my brain doesn't work 90 percent of players that that would be you know the preferred method of controlling it but unfortunately i am the outlier just from an accessibility <laughs> standpoint it's like god come on nintendo and all the other controversies surrounding this game about people you know accusing them of of doing this these lazy ports and you know we come to find out a couple weeks ago that like these aren't even like the original games. These are like being emulated in some instances poorly. Who said that they're being emulated poorly? Because from my point of view, this is like the, the definitely the best way that you've been able to play these games before. Like you're getting sunshine and galaxy at 1080p, which is really cool. The textures have been touched up and like the UI elements have been touched up so that they're actually a little bit let, they're not going to stick out as being like low res or anything. Like, look at Mario's face in Mario 64 on, in this collection versus his face from the original N64, and it is a stark contrast. Right. People were complaining. Well, people find reasons to complain about everything. Um, I agree with you. I think this is the best way to play these games, and I it, it just makes me wish Nintendo would do a proper goddamn eShop. There's no reason not to put every fucking game you've ever goddamn done on the Switch eShop. Let me buy them all. Sure. Yeah. Do a, a yeah, service. I'll pay you 10 bucks a month if you just put all your games on. Like, I just don't understand it. This is Nintendo spiting us because the Wii U didn't sell. They're like, you motherfuckers, we gave I you all these I bought a games. Wii U! You, you could have bought these, but only 14 million of you bought a Wii U, so nobody gets it now. Hey, listen. <laughs> Finally, we found success. The no, three of us? Shut up. <laughs> the proud few here, all right? Yeah, and you know what? I... It's it's funny, but I I I will not buy the 3D World remake, even though I think it's arguably the best Mario game ever across either genre. If it is not the best ever, because I loved it so much on the Wii U, I played it to full completion. Actually, that's not yep. true. I did not beat. I did not ever beat uh, World the Second Crown, Special World Crown Crown. I did not beat Crown Crown. Same. I, everything else though, every stamp, every yeah, you know, everything. I loved that game, but I'm not gonna. But I'm not gonna buy it again because I've already beaten it fully. Oh, I'm definitely going to buy it again so that I can play it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know it sounds stupid as fuck because I can just get on my Wii U and play it again, right? But yes. um, <laughs> I want to play it on, on my Switch, uh, you know, on a little play it in bed. And, and it's totally irrational. And like on the last podcast, I was like, Nick, I want them to take my money and make buying things more complicated, but it's not rational. But I, I want I want to give them my money for a whole new console instead of, you know, whatever. I mean, hopefully it's. It's not going to be enhanced. I know it's got a little bit of DLC, but I haven't played the game since 2014. Yeah, I wonder. Um, it depends on, I mean, all their sort of uh, expansions from the Wii U ports have been a little light. I think it's mostly just been like, hey, you didn't buy it on Wii U, but there's a little bit extra here. So, you know, you can get in now and you're buying it on the Switch so you can feel better about it. I don't think it's ever been enough to be like, hey, buy it again. Um, that hasn't stopped me from buying some things again, but, you know. I'm a victim of my own desires, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I don't know if I'm going to buy this game for $60. I don't know if Bowser's Fury is going to be enough to change it up for me to be like, yo, I need to buy this and play it again. But it does seem like there's been some changes with like the way movement speed is. I think that they sped it up a little bit, which I think was probably my main, um, not like stumbling block, but like that was like one of my main criticisms from the original game. was It was very slow. Like It was definitely a game that you played with friends, and they designed around that. And that's the way I played. I played it two or three or four player primarily throughout the entire game. Even did like some Champions Road with like me and Austin and some other roommates and stuff at the time. So this game, like I really like 
the overall package of 3D World if we're just going from a critical standpoint. But for me, it's more of like a Castle Crashers situation where like beat-em-ups aren't very interesting, but playing that game with four players was a huge blast. And I think co-op games in general can get away with a lot being a lot less interesting just because it gives you the opportunity to play a video game with your friends. We get an online multiplayer? I played it. Oh, it's going to be a god-awful trash. I mean, if you played Mario Maker online, it is a slideshow. And you know it's not going to have good net code. We're talking about Nintendo here. God damn don't it. even Don't even bring that up to I me. I want to hold. God. We played Smash Bros. It's bad. <laughs> no, it has online. I said it has online. Did this, oh. Yeah. I, uh, I just want it to be good. Because if I could play lag-free with no. you, Chris, <laughs> and or Nick, or both of you, like, you bet your ass, y'all are buying that fucking game. But, like... If it runs like shit, yeah, because that's the thing is that game, I remember playing it, God, was it 2014 or 2013? It was 2014, I think. Well, it might have been 2013 because the, the console came out in 2012. I think it was 2013. Smash Bros. and Mario Kart were 2014. Okay. Right? Mario Kart was May 14. Yeah. But anyway, I, I was living back at home for a few months and like my little brother, who was still in high school at the time, would just come into my room and we would sit up all night just sitting at the end of the bed just fucking co-oping 3D world and yeah we were chasing every stamp and every star was it star or coins like 3D world was co- or 3D land was coins and 3D world was stars correct the little yeah, green like the stars green stars right yeah, yeah 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 okay just just loads of fun the atmosphere of that game the Something about the graphics, it's got the subtle bloom, it's just soft and inviting, and the the music is just S-tier. It just has the fucking greatest fucking vibe. It makes me so you pop that game on, dude, and you're just like, it is slow. I, I will give you that. It almost was like, I'm not stressed playing this game. It's a breath of fresh air. It's an incredibly easy game until they do the challenge levels. And as far as the music, I liked the music. I didn't love the music. It felt like a sort of reimagining of what if we took new Super Mario Bros. music and made it better with a, a lot less of that you know like the yeah, really annoying yeah. oh god I hate the new Super Mario it's yeah. like cartoon trash falling down a down a garbage chute but <laughs> new Super Mario 3D Mario World was like a lot better <laughs> I loved new Super Mario Bros. on the Wii that was fucking awesome and it was a great co-op game but on the Wii U the one they put on the Wii U and subsequently re-released on the Switch I have tried to play that game so many times and I don't want to just say, oh, that game fucking sucks because I couldn't tell you why, but I just, I cannot get out of the first world. I just fucking don't like it. I don't even know why because I'm like, it's not different than the one on the Wii. It's got some new mechanics with the um, acorn or the, is the acorn? Yeah. With the squirrel suit. Yeah. squirrel. But I'm like, it's, it's the same thing. Why do, why do I love one and hate the other? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. But, I don't either. I played both of them. Yeah. I thought they were great. Tide goes in, tide goes out. Can't explain it. <laughs> it's something about the mood. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed that after all these years and after three years of the Switch that they are just now porting this and we're not even getting a sequel. Like After all these years, y'all haven't designed another one of these games. And I understand that like hey, shit, nobody bought this game, so we might as well release it now that our console is actually selling. But I just want a proper sequel done as well as as 3D World. I feel like I mean, we got a fucking Captain Toad goddamn game. Like We got all these weird kind of 3D Mario spinoffs, and I'm just like, why? It's a good game. I, I, mean, like, I like Captain Toad a lot <laughs> for what I, it is. Like It's if, not trying to do a lot, but what it does, it's just a nice time. It's just like, chill as hell. 
that was development time and resources that like nobody asked for Captain Toad or a port of Captain Toad, you know? Yeah, you look at Mario's vaunted history and you see, oh yeah, they're just putting out Mario games year after year and they're all just bangers, but then they wasted all this time on Captain Toad and that's the reason why we haven't gotten a Super Mario 3D The World 2. Well, I'm not saying that's necessarily <laughs> the reason, but like I'm asking why? Why haven't we gotten the sequel to some of these fran- or some of these games in the franchise that that would do gangbusters? I just don't understand Nintendo. Yeah, that's just <laughs> got, that's exactly it. Milking it, dog. EJ, whatever you think would make the most sense, do the opposite it's thing. Wrong. Do yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do the opposite thing and that's what Nintendo is going to do like, "Oh, they have a wildly successful, extremely enjoyable Mario game in Super Mario 3D World." And instead, they're like, we're going to make a spinoff from the shittiest part of that game, which was the isometric toad sections, which is not to say it was bad, but like it was the lowest point of a really fucking good game. And like, that's what we're going to put our money. Hey, man, it could they could have done a standalone game where you're just racing on that bad dinosaur. All right. Plessy. You're telling me you'd rather have a Plessy game than a Captain Toad game. Shut the fuck up. You contrarian piece of shit. Every time I hear that fucking whistle, I'm just like, I want to die. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I had forgotten that he came from Galaxy, which we should talk about doing your job for you again there. Eg. Appreciate it. I came into this collection expecting to be reaffirmed in my belief that Galaxy was the best 3D Mario. Um, I don't feel that way anymore. I look at Galaxy. It is. The, the most beautiful Mario game they've ever made. It is absolutely gorgeous visually. It has Dude, a, the soundtrack. Oh, well, that's just it. Like it has a <laughs> score, a dead ass score. And I, I use soundtrack and score very differently. You know what I mean? Like now, Odyssey like, doesn't have a, have a score. No, not really. Like Mario 64 has a soundtrack. Mario galaxy has a score. God of war has a score. The last few has a score. You know what I mean? Like it is music, yeah. beautiful, evocative, gorgeous music, but it's fucking easy, man. Like Mario galaxy is like training wheels team all the way. It is so, so, so freaking easy. There's almost no platforming whatsoever. The conceit is really, really, really cool. But like, if you consider platforming, I'm jumping occasionally to go over a hole then like, okay, I guess, but playing through like the first two three galaxies again i was like god damn i did not remember this being so easy and i don't i did not feel that way about sunshine where they were already showing me really early even in the first world there's a bunch of stuff that you don't know how to get to yet you could right now if you wanted to but you don't know how to get to yet um that involves like really precise and and challenging platforming so like galaxy is really 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 good but i i don't i don't find it to be I can't say it's the goat if it's if it's not that challenging to me. I guess it's my. Did you uh, play Galaxy when it first came out? Uh-huh. And then Galaxy Two, you also played when it first came out. I'm guessing. I I think so. I don't remember for sure. I know I played the first one and I loved it when I played it on the Wii okay. as well. Because for me, I experienced Galaxy One and Two back to back, summer 2015, 2016. So for me, both those games are one game in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's hard for me to like uh specify what parts i remember from the first and what parts i remember from the second i uh i don't think i fully 100 percent in galaxy 2 i think i stopped uh doing luigi stuff like halfway through like doing the trickster stars and stuff like that but I, 
from what I remember and from like the very little I've played from this collection, uh, Galaxy does have a very slow ramp up and it is very easy. I would say it's it gets harder faster than 3D World does, but it is definitely training wheels, especially since the way they like I don't really love the small planet levels of Galaxy. I much prefer the uh I guess that was Galaxy 2, like the the fire ice. Uh, world where you're doing the you're skating around and then you have to freeze the the lava and make the little platforms but i much prefer you know traditional moving around doing stuff mario as opposed to which way is my stick oriented now this is basically a top-down mario game same that i have to look at this bad perspective and i'm doing this spin to punch these stupid goombas and then kick them like i don't like doing that as mario i hated punching as mario in mario 64 yeah the spin doesn't travel you the the camera's butt like it's which was by design very intentionally in this game that you have no course you didn't have a right stick at all Yeah, you have no control over the camera because of the way that the game's designed which is a choice and they did it consistently at least which is different than 64 and they gave you a little bit of camera control in certain levels like the uh the the second planet where you're doing the b stuff i think they give you camera control a little bit i just ended up doing circles a lot of the time just like you said where i'm like well i know but i pushed up but because i was facing that way up means this way i'm like ah i think the the level and world design is awesome like the way they they do the i mean there's so many different ways that they get you to interact with how gravity works and how the perspective works when you're going around this like fucking king kai ass planet (laughs) Um, and that's really cool but the controls can get really frustrating not only just like like you guys are saying when you you end up upside down and the camera gets weird and you try to hit that left trigger or that left bumper to like kind of reorient yourself and it doesn't really work sometimes it works really well and sometimes it's just that's all you're fighting the whole time doing something that should be really easy and you end up flying into a pit or running into an enemy because you think you're going down left but really you're going up and you're like what the fuck is happening it's definitely an easier game and and that's fine it's mario like i don't i don't think mario should be challenging it's a game for 7 year olds so like by the end of super mario world i just want to kill myself because it's fucking difficult <laughs> and i'm not good at platformers the way that i know nick you are and i'm assuming you are chris but i, I don't need something super difficult i want to i want a, a manageable list of collectibles i want some interesting level design i want a couple of like the boss fights so far in galaxy have been fun and easy <laughs> they are not right. difficult they are not a huge part of the game they're just like like that first boss and you're trying to figure out like okay he's shooting at me do i need to like get those those bullet bills to hit him what do i gotta do and you're kind of just exploring and you realize oh i can walk up this thing and now you're like shadow of colossusing this fucking big gear boy and like it's not world shattering it's it's mario but it's cute and it's fun it's a it's a gorgeous game. The way they like I said they they play with the gravity and they play with the perspective uh, on these planets is like more interesting than it is frustrating. And I think that if they were to do something in the current year, I think there's a way you can fix some of those problems. Let's also get rid of motion controls completely. I think the motion controls work better with a Joy-Con than a goddamn Wiimote pointed at your CRT, and that's been kind of cool. And I think that's an interesting option for that developers are not taking advantage of, but. Yeah, motion controls are just bad in general. Like, good motion controls are still bad, right? Right, Nick? Hey, at least in this one, uh, you can press a button to do that spin because in the original, you just have to waggle the remote to do that. That so. is, I would not have been able to play that game. 
And let me just say here, and let you guys lambast me for being a bad gamer, but when I got to the fucking surfing section, where you have to like hold the Joy-Con fucking all the way out and at just a slight angle, and you're just twisting your fucking wrist like this, but like, here isn't enough to go left. You gotta like fucking torque it until your elbow's bent weirdly. Fucking awful. Fucking worst moment I've ever had in a video game, where I'm like, not even, I'm tapping B, because if I go full speed... I just fucking can't control quick enough. Like the lag between when I'm trying to rotate and when my guy turns, I just kept flying off the fucking edge. So now I'm just tapping B to try and stay on the waves. And the way the water physics go, you're just fucking dead. You're wave dashing, but it not a cool you. way. It bounces you. Well, and not I'm just like this. Not if, if I want, Chris. If you if you don't suck at it and you I suck. And you hold B down, you cut through the waves. You don't get bounced by the waves if you're holding B down. I'm like, like, dude, I was I trying to what, hold B down. I don't. I was know getting what. bounced, and you would land, and you'd have to try and like correct right when you land, but your whole arms twisting, and you're like, next thing you do, oh my god! I literally just had my controller at my side and just <laughs> that much. Just this much, just a you fucking bit. asshole. It didn't hardly I suck anything. apparently. I know. Well, apparently so. Like, I really wish <laughs> I could just give you the benefit of the doubt and go, "Oh yeah, that was kind of frustrating," but it fucking was not. It was so it was easy awful. for me. I was like, I don't. I did not have the experience that you had. <laughs> I can't. Like when I played it, I was so fucking frustrated. I couldn't believe this was like approved and put in the game. And I'm also thinking back to like how awful the original Wiimote was. I'm like, there is no way that. Anybody designed this and then QA tested this and said, yep, this is okay to put into a children's video game. And maybe I'm just being an old fucking man, but like, especially with that original Wiimote, how there is no way, because you had to be so accurate on those movements. And, you know, it, it like you fucking overturn too much and you're shooting off the fucking edge in, in the, the range where it like actually wants to move your character is so small. So if you were not at the exact right angle, it's just, it, it was fucking awful. And you guys... <sighs> hate me well, for I mean, it. I haven't, I haven't gotten to this part yet with the Switch version, but from, and I haven't played with the, the Joy-Cons yet. I've been doing only the Pro Controller because my left Joy-Con was completely dead because I've swapped over to the the Joy-Con that docks directly into the Switch because I had really bad Joy-Con drift, so I had to bust out an old pair of, uh, you know, it's just a whole thing. Can I send you Joy-Cons? Joy-Cons yet. I have so many no. Joy-Cons. No, don't give me don't give me your fucking Joy-Cons. Get some fucking Joy-Cons. Joy-Cons. I'm not gonna spend eighty bucks. Do you have the yellow ones? I don't have yellow. No. God damn it. I don't. I yeah. I have pink and I have some reshelled white ones. But the white ones, the right Joy-Con is all sticky because someone spilled beer on it, and then the left one is fine. So I'm gonna try that one as far as just doing a white and pink. That's what I'm doing. And they're charging right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna try playing some more later, and I'll try the Joy Cons. I think I just unlocked that that level. I remember playing it on with the Wii Motion Plus, which did have gyroscope in it. And an accelerometer, and it was much more accurate as far as the the Wiimote technology goes. It was not just an IR blaster that was uh, judging how your controller was oriented based on the, the goddamn that was fucking out of it. Duck hunt, like the technology between the fucking NES light guns and the goddamn Wii. It was the same but fucking I will shit. Say, I did not have I did not have any trouble with just the standard finish the race challenge. But once there was a uh, trickster star on it, where you actually or was a speed run star, I can't remember what it was called, but you have to finish it in a certain amount of time. And that one took several tries to get the time down. But it was not nearly as bad as the ball rolling one, which was much more difficult trying to get that time down because oh boy, 
it is very sensitive and you will have trouble and you will fall off and you will lose that time. I can't wait to get angry about it and text you and have Chris say, you're just an idiot, dude. And I think Galaxy actually, like Galaxy is a very easy game, but it has a lot more instant deaths than I think a lot of other Mario games do, which is mm. a little bit annoying. The load times aren't super great. I mean, it's not like, oh no, I'm running out of lives and it's like a huge hassle, but like, it's just kind of annoying. You try to long jump, the gravity will be weird, then you fall in a black hole and you're dead and you're like, oh, well, shit. Right. Yeah, I, I've fallen <laughs> off a lot thinking I'm going one direction, but because of my perspective is slightly off, I end up just launching myself off. And Galaxy is even like a slower game, I think, than like your movement speed is a lot lower than 64 Sunshine. So it's a lot more forgiving. And then doing that little spin will like arrest your momentum and will give you a little bit of a vertical boost. So that can be used to sort of like, oh, correct yourself and double back. But I don't know. It's it's a Galaxy is interesting. I think it gets a lot more praise than I think it might deserve. I think it's a really good game. I think it's a really interesting sort of take on Mario and actually giving it a story, which is bad, but it's like still they tried, you know, like congration you tried, but <laughs> the music is just phenomenal. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do, which I think is what makes a Mario game a good Mario game. It's giving you a lot of things to do and talking about like being like focused and Mario games, not having a lot of focus. I don't, I don't think Mario games in 3d, especially are, are supposed to have a focus. I think it's supposed to be, Let's do as many interesting things as we can, do a little bit of it, and move on. And I think that's what keeps the interest there is because hard 3D platformer is not a good game. Nobody wants to play that. I want to play that. I want to play that. <laughs> that's What's your favorite I, hard 3D platformer? Oh, that's 3D why platformer. I like, that's oh, why I like Sunshine. It's because mm. it is hard. I like being challenged. I feel like I accomplish something when I get a Shine Sprite in mario sunshine in a way i don't feel in 64 or in galaxy or in odyssey frankly like 999 power moons are you fucking kidding me like what a joke they were so unnecessary and so oblique in some of their descriptions that i was just like i don't want to puzzle through the way to get my 584th power moon like i don't give a shit like they're so clear in 64 and sunshine it's, I mean, 64, it's like really fucking beat you over the head, obvious. And in Sunshine, it's like, here's what you have to do. Like, good fucking luck. I agree. I think there's a couple of things about Odyssey that were maybe a little arcane. And like, I want my collectathons to be more manageable. Um, but I think Odyssey was, was the most focused Mario game. And the level design was outstanding. Um, and, and giving you the agency to explore these worlds... And the fucking puzzle box rooms where Sunshine had like three weird ones maybe per level. You got like five or six in a Mario Odyssey world. And I thought those were all really, really great. I do agree that the the power moons are too many and the reward systems that it wore off. So I think that wasn't like properly tuned. But if you think about it as like, how many fucking Koroxies did you get, Chris? Like you can't talk about there being too many power moons. <laughs> okay, <laughs> except... You're right. You didn't get a pile of shit from Mario Odyssey oh. for getting them all. <laughs> That's right. No, they... The Korok seeds, it, it was like, it was discovery. It was what's around the next corner. You know, that was the, the whole thing with Breath of the Wild, right? Is this just massive world with things tucked into all these nooks and crannies. And you don't have to do that. And so I think that's part of it too, right? Like in Mario Odyssey, you have to go collect some fucking power moons. That's the whole point. You don't have to get all 999 of them though. Well, Half of those you can just buy. <laughs> right, I know, which is so stupid. But I, I mean, I didn't even play the, the lunar levels, the challenge levels, because I was just like, I don't care. Like I, I just was so apathetic. Some of, the, some of the worlds were cool in Odyssey, but some of them, like the fucking food world 
Everything was just like blocky, ugly, unfinished looking polygons with like a glowworm puke. Dude, that level was high. I like that level a lot. You've said that, and I just I do not comprehend that one percent. I I remember playing that and just going, they clearly ran out of time and were like, I guess this is what this looks like. I just go ahead. For one, <laughs> I don't know if it's just the Italian blood in me, but the music was phenomenal. I thought it was much more interesting as like a lava world as opposed to just being oh it's in a volcano or something and everything's red instead it's like oh we're in a food world and this is like this weird pink goop is everywhere uh the capture is really, really interesting i really liked uh traversing using the forks i thought that was just a fun sort of i like pulling a stick back and releasing it to go to center and having something happen that's a lot of fun uh and then the lava bubble the lava bubble was a good capture too because you're just like shooting up in the air it's like uh it's like the frog but you can swim around so that made traversal very interesting. And then the low poly thing is just, I think that's a cool stylistic choice. It didn't seem cheap to me. It seemed like everything had like a really shiny and like crystalline kind of texture. And that was uh, visually interesting to me. And then the boss fight is actually like one of the better boss fights where you're fighting that bird that's vomiting on you. And yet you became meat to get this bird to attack. <laughs> and then you fought it in a bowl of soup. Like that was just funny. I like that. <laughs> that's fair. That's all super duper fair. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that. But that's just my opinion, yo. For sure. No, that that's a really noble take actually. You you've you've moved me like from complete unenjoyment up to like 5 or 10%, which is I would say a pretty substantial move for someone who's as <laughs> fucking stubborn as I am. Um yeah, I I, I, I did it. <laughs> something about Odyssey just didn't just did not do it for me, and everybody was crowing about this. Oh, it's game of the year. Oh, it's the, it's the new pinnacle of Mario. And I'm like, this is like an eight point five for me, which is still very good. But like, I would not have even had it in a conversation for game of the year. I don't remember what came out that year, but um, Mario was Mario and Her- uh, Horizon Zelda. Oh, that was all the same year. Yeah, that was 2017. Horizon was, was game of the year. Uh, Wolfenstein, yeah, Horizon all day, baby, all Assassin's day. Creed Origin. Hey, before well, we wrap up, I do want to back back to Zelda real quick. Oh no! Just because every time it gets brought up, I feel like I I, I just I liked Zelda. I liked the the sort of ambiance of the world. I have this weird nostalgia for this game that I have no desire to play again because it had way more frustrating elements to me than the one cool thing, which was the the stamina system and the way you traversed. But like my main beef with the entire game, and it's such a through line into everything they do, almost everything they do, whether it's the Korok seeds or just a slew of meaningless outfits that don't, a lot of them did provide something, but you know, tangible. We are like, I want this power and that's cool. But a lot of them, it's there just to say you have more collectibles in your open world game. But, uh, but things like, you know, so the Korok seeds and the weapon system, all the side quests were fucking pointless because I felt like there was no incentive to do anything in this game. Zelda was so close. Just take that plunge and, and dive over the edge and do more RPG-like things. Make the side, like, have it, give it Mario, uh, Mario, give Link a level. Like, give him a level. Give him a fucking, like, we don't need a full-fledged skill tree and, like, combat tricks, like, I like give Kratos a level. Well, I'm just saying, like, I like how they did the combat in the game, but the weapon system was awful. And I'm like, incentivize us to actually find these things in the world. Make these side quests meaningful in some way, whether it's we get some experience that translates, you know, into something or even if it's just like weapons, 
Instead of the breakable weapons, like make the side quest pay off into something other than 200 rupees. I felt like everything you did in that game, once you were over the atmosphere, when after I beat Ganon, which I, I didn't even do the rest of the shit in the game, I beat Ganon, I never went back. I was like, well, I did the only thing that really matters in that game, I guess. And maybe that's silly, but I just feel like everything I did was so pointless and fruitless, and I wanted some more meaning there. I don't know. That's just my fucking... The side quest at least the ones that were part of a one of the major areas i mean they did move towards something like all of them in order to to do the last like side quest or whatever in each specific area you had to do the other things like i remember when we were playing it everybody at least i think everybody in our chat was convinced oh you you can't get the lightning helmet you can't get the helmet from the gerudo desert like it's it's not possible except it is if you do all the side quests, they let you take it and keep it and use it as much as you want. And for some of the areas that had heavy amounts of lightning, some of the boss fights, like that is like, I mean, difficulty curve shattering, but you have to find all those little things and all those little threads and, and pull if on only them a little bit. They message that to the player at any point. I had no idea. If you need a guide to like get everything out of a game, like the game's doing something wrong. I also don't need it spelled out, but like, I played that game for like 40 hours and I was just like, oh, yay, another thing I have to do that I'm going to get 200 rupees for. I mean, if it was spelled out, it, it, that wouldn't have been like uh, you wouldn't have done it anyway. Right. Maybe exactly. This 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 kind of game is like very much an exploratory sort of thing. I think it would have been a better game without side quests, like maybe to stick to the ones that gave you a like a, a tangible reward. Like you're saying, like, I don't need I don't need rupees. I can get rupees. I can just go mining if I want to get rupees. But I liked the side quest that led to you getting the champion weapons, like uh, the spear from the bottom of Zora's domain, like inside the lake. I thought that was like a really cool series of things that you're doing for people. And they're like, oh, I heard about this thing. And then eventually you go down there and you use your magnesis and you can you can see it like hanging out down there. And I was like, it's a really cool bit of discovery or even getting like the Sora, like the swimming outfit so that you can go up fucking waterfalls and you can swim without using as much stamina. Those are really cool. But yeah, I, I I get what you mean that it's like it's a huge game and you can do so much. But I think the game doesn't want you to do everything. I think that's that's mostly for psycho people like Chris who wants to get all nine hundred Korok seeds. But you can get plenty of your uh, storage slots expanded by just doing like two hundred, three hundred. I think I I stopped at like two fifty or three hundred, and I was I I had plenty of shields. I had so many bows. I had so many you know melee weapons. I didn't need any more. And even throughout the game, I never felt like I was like running out of weapons. Like if I had a really tough encounter fighting a Lionel, then I'd be using up all my weapons and then I'd get by on the skin of my teeth if I succeeded. And if I failed, then I'd just be like, oh, I'm just not going to fight this thing. It's going to reset me to where I was and I'm just going to go somewhere else or I'll sneak around and then I'll mark it on my map and go back to it later and see if I really want that that bow that can shoot three arrows at the same time and makes you super powerful and I'm just a badass. Everything in that game that didn't work for me it all ties back to the weapon system. And like I know you can argue why they went that route and why maybe it was even a good choice. I'm gonna vehemently disagree with you. It only sucks if you're if you're a Skyrim hoarder. <laughs> I just think everything about that game that was frustrating for people could have been fixed if they would have just said, All right, your weapons don't break. That now we can have better enemy diversity. Like like the Korok Siege was like, Yeah, I want to expand my storage and shit, but like so I can carry 19 of the same spear because they keep fucking breaking every time I run into a Moblin. 
Like that's just I, I don't. That's a, s- a system I don't want to manage. It's a, it, it it's distracting me from all the good things about the game. That is not. It's not fun to manage that. It's it's tedious and frustrating. All the other systems are are tied into supporting that mechanic. I desperately hope Breath of the Wild 2 goes away from that. I, I feel like it'd be really easy to go away from that without breaking anything in the game. I want weapons to still be breakable, but I want you to be able to fix them. Like, there's already a crafting system. Just let you That's fix them. Anno- yeah. It's so annoying. I don't want to fix my weapons. I just want to go fight shit and explore, man. I don't want to have to be you managing... of time, you dumb bitch. My fucking... God damn it. Just wait. Uh, just wait for March and April when they give you a couple of different Zelda collections for Zelda's 35th. Like, why do you think they're stopping the? Why do you think the exclusive sale window for Mario 35th ends when it does? It's because Zelda's 35th anniversary is coming up. There's gonna be a 3D Zelda collection. We're gonna get a Skyward Sword HD. There's gonna be a 2D mm-hmm. Zelda collection. Like, just fucking wait. There's my second prediction. You can mock me on later if I'm wrong. But we're getting a ton of Zelda crap in the spring. If this were any other company, I wouldn't oh, mock wow. you. Look at AJ's floppy mic. <laughs> yeah, if this were any other any other company, I wouldn't I wouldn't mock you, but Nintendo doing the one thing everyone wants them to do, doubt. Why end why have Mario be any a, a timed a timed release though? And why have it end then? God, you know what? As soon as soon as I said it out loud though, I immediately recognize that it made way too much sense. I want to rescind that take. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it makes way too much sense. Well, this is why they did it. They haven't had any goddamn games since like this fiscal year. Wasn't Animal Crossing Q4 of the last no, fiscal it, year? it came out after March. Well, was it March? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was March. So they've had <laughs> nothing this year. And so this ends right at the end of, of the, this fiscal year for them. They're just trying to do something to try and drive as much traffic as possible. You're right. They just want to have less games for next fiscal year. <laughs> literally. They're literally just trying to limp into that fucking, you know, reportings meeting at the end of March to make their CEOs happy. Despite selling a crap ton of uh, switches this year and of Mario 3D All Stars, that, I mean that's that's why it ends. Then, like it'll be available again later in the future, but they're just trying to incentivize people to go now. Do the same thing with the Wii. We're gonna get a Metroid game. That's what's gonna be. That's gonna be their release offering, and I'm gonna be ecstatic. And everybody's gonna be like, "See, they got no games this year." It'll be a port of Samus Returns. Oh, that wouldn't be a and, bad and thing. And Chris will buy it again like a schmuck. It'll be sixty dollars. Samus Returns was a great fucking game. Like, I'm sure I'll buy was. it again for 60 bucks. Yeah. Of yeah, course you will. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> I won't be happy about it, but who cares why they don't care if I'm not happy about it as long as I buy it anyway. Chris, you're literally you're you're literally the uh, the cartoon of the the girl saying, "Okay, time to buy Metroid again, sweetie." And you're just being like sad and saying, "Yes, dear." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take any re-release they can give us. If they release a fucking Metroid game on the Switch where I can play with a real goddamn controller, I'd be I'd be ecstatic about that. The only thing I'd be, I'd keeping me from playing Metroid Samus Returns is fuck the 3DS, bro. Fuck it. You played games on the 3DS in spite of it because you had no other option. I don't agree. I know that you guys hate the circle pad, but I mean, oh, I have Sasquatch so hands, so it it works well for me. Like I, oh man, especially the you're not I mean, the only one, bro. Well, Look then, at these banana hands. <laughs> we've already covered. You're just bad at game. Are there any motion controls in Samus Returns that we can that we could force in? <laughs> Listen, I have very no. sweaty digits, so the circle pad was not ideal for me. <laughs> I touch your hand; it's like holding a package of salami. It's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. 
Uh, it horrifies me, Nick. Uh, I have to live with this. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, anyway. Poor Sarah. Sorry for the Zelda rant. Give me Wind Waker HD HD, please. Just give me... Yeah, what's what's in what's in the 3D Zelda collection? Are you just going to get Ocarina of Time? You think they would do four? You think they would just do the two uh, GameCube and two uh, 64 games? And then do Skyward Sword HD? I think it'll probably be Wind Waker TP and Skyward Sword. That would be my guess. But when they do Skyward Sword HD, I thought that was the prevailing sort of rumor slash desire. Then yes, the 64 and, and the GameCube. Or would Skyward Sword HD just be, hey, check it out, it's 1080p, we fixed the textures a little bit, and uh, now you can do motion controls like Galaxy style with, Why the, with Joy-Cons. would they put out a 3D compilation when they have proven time and time again that they can just put out a, a half-ass remake like Twilight Princess and people are going to buy it at retail price like they're gonna if they're gonna they're not gonna put out a collection like mario they could have done that with mario too though especially with sunshine and galaxy where it's mostly just like hey let's uh up res it and give it some more bloom and yo it's wind waker hd dog no wind waker hd was a complete ground up fucking remake dude look at comparisons of that it's 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 the same game but with more bloom that's it (laughs) They shortened a little bit of the the awful fetch quest at the end of the game with the Triforce pieces. Yeah, maybe it looks the same, but it's literally complete. Everything in the game's a new asset. It is ground up. That's fine. That game had six assets. It was cell shaded, dog. Wind Waker was good. I I played it. Oh, it's good. Fairly recently, like the original on GameCube. I think I played it for the first time like within five years ago, and like it was mm. it was good. I'm definitely a 2D Zelda guy. I will say that I grew up playing the Oracle games, Link's Awakening, like playing Link's Awakening remake was absolutely joyful. I love yeah, revisiting delightful. that game. Um, Sincerely hope they do an Oracle collection with the same style. Oh, please, 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 please. Take me back to Labrinia. Take me to Holodrome, dude. Oh. I think a, a Link to the Past remake is probably more likely. Potentially. I wonder if they would even do the same art style because Awakening was very dreamlike for a good reason and i think oracle the oracle games aren't like they're not canon i don't think i think they're like they could easily be spun into a a strange alternate dream world reality where that art style would still fit and also being you know game boy games nothing in zelda is canon fun fact i mean the current guy who's the the producer like the director the one of the guys in charge of breath of the wild and has been in charge of zelda since skyward sword Worked at Capcom and worked on the Oracle games and on Minish Cap before he was uh, transitioned into, into Nintendo first party and mm-hmm. is now head of Zelda. So I don't know. Possibility there. Just like Kozumi worked on um, Link's Awakening. All I want, I know this isn't Nintendo, but all I want right now is Pokemon Let's Go 2. That's all I want. Nothing else I need for the Switch right now. That's let's it. go Togepi. Let's go Meryl. Last aside here. I have been playing a ROM hat called Pokemon Prism. Familiar with it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Really good for a ROM hack so far. Was that a ROM hack of Fire Red Leaf Green? No, of uh, Crystal or of Gold okay. Silver, I guess. Yeah, a lot of really interesting things so far. Like sections where you like, play as a Pokemon, which sounds dumb, but like worked within context. Yeah, it's like these little sections uh, so far, but it works. But it's not quite scratching the itch that Pokemon Let's Go completely, completely changed the game for me. They got rid of all the bad things about Pokemon and created a whole new subset of systems that were just fucking addicting. And completing the Pokedex was an absolute blast. Shiny hunting was fucking great. Now just give me Johto 
and su- a surprise visit to Kanto all over again. Surprise! Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a third Sword and Shield DLC that you don't want. Fuck that takes you That takes you to an extremely limited subset of Kalos that is a a a a paltry callback to gold and silver when you get a full experience in Kanto. That's what you're going to get. And they're going to build it as a big return to the Kalos region, which is geographically, we would think, adjacent because Britain and, and France. And that's what you're going to get. That is what you're going to get because that makes no sense. And so that's the thing that's going to happen. It's Kalos XY? Yeah. Lumios? Yeah, okay. Nintendo, always breaking our hearts. Pokemon Snaps, it's two. Oh, I forgot about that. that oh, fuck. <laughs> you forgot that's real. <laughs> I think it's probably going to come out in the next uh, six. It'll probably come out March-ish. March-ish. That, that feels March. right. Strong commitment. That was not a fever dream, Chris. That was real. It happened. It real. Also, the Dota... <laughs> the League of Legends Pokemon game. <laughs> well, because people want this game, it's going to be fucking... <laughs> trash so i am fully expecting that sure it'll be okay we're still gonna buy it that's all i care about i've speculated i've postulated pontificated that if sony owned all of nintendo's ip how much more successful nintendo would be well nintendo wouldn't be very successful because sony would own all their ip (laughs) not gonna dignify your bit (laughs) (laughs) celebration it's a valid point uh, it's a valid. Chris is trying to poke holes in it because I said it, but I you am. know I'm right. You I know am. I'm right. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I'm like, no, what's Sony fucked up? No, we'd, we'd get a Mario game where uh, Mario gets killed by gets hit in the head with Peach's golf club uh, in the beginning of the first act. Uh, and Luigi goes on this misguided revenge tour and like killing all Peach's wait, friends wait, wait. and <laughs> all the toads. And <laughs> and then he's like, no, I shouldn't the kill Luigi you. Luigi of golf of us. <laughs> wow. Uh, in this hypothetical, EJ, can we just can we just totally dive into this for a second? Okay. For no for no valid reason. When does Sony get these IP? Oh my goodness, we're really really doing this. Sure. Fuck it. Um, this is an alternate timeline where the Switch completely failed in 2017. Okay, so recently then. Yeah. So Nintendo on their hands and knees were like, please, we need to stay in video game business. Will you acquire us? So does that mean Sony also gets their their studio talent? Get their gets their developers? Presumably. So it's still Nintendo developing these games. Uh, all the producers and uh, directors are still in charge. I don't think any of the games would change. I don't think Sony's that hands-on. I think they would sell better because they'd be on PS4, and PS4 has 110 million copies out there. But I don't know. Breath of the Wild might be 60 FPS, but it would still look as good as it does. Nothing would be different. They would just look better. <laughs> no, I'm saying just from a from a marketing standpoint, from a meeting the demands of the consumers... Like, the games would continue to be as good as they are. They would look better. But just all the dumb shit Nintendo does wouldn't happen, and consumers would be getting way more of the things they actually want. Nintendo's just a bunch of old-ass Japanese dudes who are still running the company like it's 1984, and video games, you know, haven't existed for very long. And it's like, dude, sure, the entire industry has raced past you. And the games are still arguably more enjoyable than... Most of what Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, I think as up. long as Sony kept the the people in charge of like the a lot of the decision making as far as game development goes, I think the games would still be the same. I think you're right, though. I think there would still be more. I think they would be a little bit more gung ho with 
just like shilling out old stuff. I think Nintendo's way more protective of that than they need to be. But I don't know like necessarily if that's to their benefit to be like very closed off and having the Nintendo vault and being like, okay, you cannot get these things. And that makes people want them more. I don't know what the balancing act for that is. I think Nintendo's just a very conservative company in that way. But if if Sony owned Nintendo, there would be a Earthbound on Switch right now. There'd be oh, another yeah. three port on Switch right now. You know, you'd be able to play all three Donkey Kongs. They would have popped that out immediately. I don't know though. But I, I don't know if that would have necessarily been better for their bottom line or if people would receive them better or I don't know. I mean, I think we would have more sequels like EJ you would have Super Mario 3D World 2 for sure. If it is successful, it'd be goddamn so- good. It would. If it's on a Sony console and it's successful, it's going to have a fucking sequel. Like that is almost a foregone conclusion. Even the last yeah. was a game that did not need a sequel still got a sequel. Uh however they, what it was, yeah. And what we what we see with Sony and their back catalog, they're no fucking better than Nintendo. Like the the fucking PlayStation Mini had shite offerings as far as well, like that's that's different. Sony didn't have good first party games in that, so they they hit up Ubisoft and was like, please, can we get something that, like you can get Rayman and Rainbow <laughs> Six, two Same, games nobody wants. Yep. The, the PlayStation <laughs> library, other than Nintendo. Well, maybe even arguably is comparable to Nintendo in its greatness of games that have been on all four of their consoles. Like, but they do so very little with it. Even Microsoft is outpacing them in terms of dipping into the back catalog and making them accessible. I don't know that they would be any better at Nintendo at well, dipping I mean, into the back I mean, the catalog. The PS3, every Sony game ever was remastered and put out onto a, a, a trilogy collection on the PS3. Every good game on the on the PS2 was packaged and sold physically, and they were all well done, upscaled ports of PS2 games, and they were just like, "Here you go, buy this for twenty nine ninety nine." But you can't play it now. <laughs> they didn't do that for PS4. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't yeah. play those now. I can't go back and replay the God of War series because I don't have a PS3 anymore. You know what I, I mean, mean? You can stream them over PS Now. PS Now, baby, it's the future. It's could, now on PS4. I could stream PS3 shit. They've got PS now. It's a subscription service where you do like uh, basically Stadia or Luna or X Cloud or, you know, all those things. Except nobody wants it because it's just old games. I mean, yeah. you can download locally the PS4 games they have on there, too. But Chris is like, oh, no, it's a choice. It's an option. They they didn't tell you about it. We had to tell you about it on a podcast. Yeah, that's bad. That's the console crusade for all your gaming news. Like PS Now, you can find us on Twitter at console underscore crusade. <laughs> uh, anyway, Chris, thanks for, for joining us. This was a much less contentious podcast than I anticipated it being. So disappointed in you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> I'm going to get you a mic soon so that when we do this, we'll get you sounding nice and crispy like Nick and I. Start working on your, your voiceover tapes, your auditions. Yeah, right. I talked to... Chris, Nick, about doing some video game retrospectives, which I know you and I had briefly chatted about, but wasn't sure how interested you were in those. But we're talking about it again. If you want to do it, it, it like Chris, doing like a, a a book club kind of thing. Yeah, like hey, let's play this game this month, and let's fucking chat about it. And that seems like a fun thing to do. I'm still stuck at home amidst the COVID nineteen. You're living by yourself now, going to school, Chris. Give me a reason to come out of my uh, cave every once in a while and do something with real people. May I offer as a first suggestion in the vein of retrospectives and things that will undoubtedly get us trying to kill each other through the computer screen. 
Donkey Kong Country 1 versus 2. I was oh. literally just going to say DKC2 just hit switch yep. online. So let's do great let's minds. Replay one and two, and let's let's have that conversation. Great minds and broken clocks are right once a day. There we go. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. Oh. I'm going to play this on OG hardware here, boys. I lost. That was the one console that I did not retain in my divorce. That sucks, dude. It does. SNES is, is a goat. I did get to keep all my JRPGs, though. So I still have Mario RPG. I still have Earthbound. I still have Final Fantasy 3. Uh, but all Mega my... Man X is an inexpensive game, so that's not too bad. Well, I, I, I never owned that. Um, my Nana owns it. What? I, I My Nana owned it. So I played it on her Super oh. Nintendo. And so, well, she that still bitch. owns it. Um, <laughs> that bitch. Oh my but god! She, she Nana has didn't give you her games. Well, I'm in the will now that she is going to give me her Super Nintendo when she passes, so that my kids can play the Super Nintendo that I grew up on. Wait, how old is Nana, and is she playing the fucking Super Nintendo? Um, she is 82. No, she doesn't want to liquidate her assets. Okay, jeez, dude. <laughs> but it stays there. My mom still plays it sometimes. She'll go like boot up Donkey Kong, play some Donkey Kong. I uh I had very not tech savvy uh, grandparents. There were no video games at grandma's house. Oh, every time every time I visit, I play through Mega Man X. I'll drop like an hour and five minutes and just smash through a hundred percent. An hour and four minutes and thirty seven seconds. Uh, that's my PR. Okay. No, I've never played uh, Mega Man X to completion. Oh, you should. I've played a lot of things to completion because I'm bad. I'm bad at video games. It's a better yeah. game when you can map the dash to R. Yes. Yeah, playing Mega Man X4 on the collection on the Switch was freaking chef's kiss, bro. <laughs> it was just <laughs> wonderful. What a hard I love the game. voice acting and all the scenes. Ugh, yeah. What a great game. <laughs> We've talked about this in the pod, I feel like. That's the first yes, time I have. ever heard the word colonel or read the word colonel. 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 <laughs> I had no, no clue. I was at my neighbor's house. I must have been... I don't know, five, six. Anyway. That was also the first time that you learned why we were fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Chris, thanks for thanks for joining us. Call to Crusade. Nick, ciao. Arrivederci.